Today is Friday, May 20th, 2022. This is the Link NKY Daily Headlines Podcast. I'm Matt Spalding, and these are the stories we're following today. Analysis. How voters in Boone County changed the makeup of the NKY Legislative Caucus, reported on by Mark Payne. The scenes at Peewee's place in Crescent Springs as results came in from Tuesday's primary election were celebratory. Republican Congressman Thomas Massey, expecting a win in the GOP primary, announced that he would be holding his after-party at the venue. As election night drew closer, other candidates of similar political leanings announced that they would be joining him. While Massey and company were hoping to have positive results in the state legislative races, they probably didn't predict the sweeping results that saw aligned Liberty challengers take three state house seats away from incumbents Representatives Adam Koenig, Sal Santoro, and Ed Massey all of whom chair influential political committees in the House of Representatives. Santoro challenger Marianne Proctor and Caning challenger Steve Doan were among those joining in the revelry at Pee Wee's. I firmly believe that I generally represent the views of the citizens of the district and Republicans in general, Caning said. However, we have this terrible habit in northern Kentucky of having terribly low turnout, and that's what happened. Liberty candidates are members of the Republican Party that eschews some of the typical Republican priorities of infrastructure and business. They align more with libertarian values of limited government, lower taxes, and lower spending. While it was a victorious night for the challengers, Republicans across the state might be wondering how they lost three important House committee chairs and how they could have done things differently. Many were keeping an eye on the caning race. The Erlanger Republican chairs the Licensing and Occupations Committee. Elected in 2006, caning has been instrumental in pushing sports betting in the state. He failed in the dying hours of the 2022 General Assembly, but his lack of presence in the State House in 2023 might change how sports betting is handled in the legislature. In other words, somebody will have to pick up the torch. I'm sure somebody will carry the baton for it, and maybe they'll be better than I was, caning said. In August of 2021, Doan was named to an empty seat on the Erlanger City Council. Less than a year later, he's headed to the general election for the 69th district against Democrat Chris Brown. My message that we needed change resonated with the people of the district, Doan said. I look forward to advancing conservative principles in Frankfurt after I win the general election in November. In this past session, Republicans, who hold supermajorities in both chambers of the General Assembly, adopted new legislative maps through the redistricting process, which follows the decennial census. Koenig saw a lot of change to his district boundaries, impacting his electoral prospects in a contested primary, according to Kenton County Democratic Party Vice Chair Dave Meyer. It appears that some of the areas where he historically had done well, the Fort Mitchell area, was removed from his district and that cost him support, Meyer said. The core of Koenig's support in the old 69th was redistricted out and put into Banta's district, Meyer said, referencing Fort Mitchell Republican Kim Banta, whose 63rd district was moved to include more urban parts of the area, including pieces of Covington, and he had new folks in his district who weren't excited, didn't know him, and weren't interested in turning out. Ryan Salzman, a Northern Kentucky University political science professor and Bellevue City Councilman, said that in an election, everything matters, and this might have been the perfect storm. When you're losing precincts that have been very favorable to you, would be considered maybe more moderate, conservative districts, that absolutely matters, Salzman said. I never saw or heard that there was intent by Republican leadership to put Adam Koenig in jeopardy. I do think that they may be regretting having taken those away, but they probably thought he was safe when they were redistricting in that way. Salzman also pointed out that Doan, who previously worked in Governor Matt Bevin's administration, is quite politically savvy. Another piece in this puzzle is that the race in the 69th was particularly nasty, with the group Kentucky Liberty attacking Caning with direct mailer ads. 
there were also attack ads from Doan accusing Caning of being a liberal. I think that the low turnout was driven not only by redistricting, but by the negativity of the race, as we all understand, turns some voters off and encourages them or causes them to opt out of the voting system, Meyer said. Boone Clerk says office will fine-tune plan for November election, reported on by Caitlin Gebby. The Boone County Clerk's Office faced challenges both in the field with voting machines and online when trying to publish election results in Tuesday night's primary. Posts circulating on social media reported a malfunctioning voting machine at the Shevin Library voting location in Union, and one post said a polling location in Florence ran out of paper ballots and people were turned away. Boone County Clerk Justin Krigler saw the posts too and wanted to put rumors to rest. He said no one was turned away from voting and that everyone had the opportunity to vote quickly and securely. He said at the Shebin Library, the voting machine that completed ballots are deposited into just wouldn't turn on. He said this was before 6 a.m. when polls opened. It was like an old car where you turn the key and the engine won't turn over, Krigler said. A secure ballot box for absentee ballots happened to be on site on the second floor of the library, so for a short time, voters were escorted to the second floor to deposit their ballots in the secure drop box while a new voting machine was on the way. Using paper ballots as a backup is standard procedure, according to the Kentucky Secretary of State's office. Eventually, a new machine was up and running. At the end of the night, Krigler said two Boone County Sheriff's deputies with active body cameras, accompanied by a representative from both local political parties, unlocked the box and counted the number of ballots. They placed them in a functioning voting machine to tabulate the votes, ensuring the recorded numbers were correct, and then delivered them to the clerk's office. Krigler also addressed a social media post that said the Florence United Methodist Church voting location at 8585 Old Toll Road ran out of ballots. Unlike what the post claimed, he said no one was turned away. He said it took a total of four minutes between voters during that time. After polls closed, the Secretary of State's website crashed due to high traffic and the clerk's office faced a slow uploading process due to new software, meaning results couldn't be viewed online until a few hours after polls closed. He said the process of uploading the results moved at a snail's pace and was slower than we probably would have imagined. He said at the same time, people were at home refreshing the web page for results. They were watching a loading icon on their screens too. Krigler said the election was hectic but well managed by the team of poll workers and the clerk's office. He said Tuesday night showed areas for refining their backup systems, but he's overall happy with the plans in place. I mean, it's hard to control a malfunctioning machine, but that's why we have backups, Krigler said. I would just fine-tune our plan, but I feel very good with our plan as it stands. When it comes to preparing for the general election in November, Krigler said there will be conversations with the state to make improvements to its software and uploading process. Inside Link, The Hard Work of Covering Elections by Lacey Starling Inside Link is a weekly column from our CEO, Lacey Starling. If you have questions you'd like Lacey to answer, email her at lacey at linknky.com. It has been a busy week in the Link NKY offices. Tuesday night was Kentucky's primary election, and we put together the most comprehensive election coverage NKY has seen in over a decade. Not only did our team cover every race in the NKY metro before the primary, but on election night, we sent reporters to cover the results at each of the three courthouses, bringing the people of our community faster results than they could get from any other resource. Special shout out to our contributors, Patricia Shire, Robin Gee, and Jason Finnell, who served as our behind-the-scenes information gatherers, sending results back to headquarters as fast as they came in. 
By the time we ended our live stream at 9.20 p.m., we had unofficial final results from all three counties, while the Kentucky Secretary of State's website still wasn't showing any results from Boone, Kenton, or Campbell counties at the time. The work didn't end there, however. The work didn't end there, however. Once the live stream ended, our full-time reporters still had to write stories for our website about the results for those folks who prefer to read their news instead of watching it. Then, our Daily Headlines podcast producer had to create the next morning's podcast with the election results. In other words, it was a ton of work. We invested heavily in both manpower and dollars in this election coverage because we know how important it is to you, our readers, viewers, listeners. NKY deserves this kind of attention for every election, and we're committed to bringing it to you. And, if you'll indulge me for a moment, I just want to say how proud I am of our team. Michael Monks and Mark Collier have been covering elections for NKY for over a decade, but the rest of the full-time reporting staff at Link is all new to NKY elections. In only five months, they've embedded in the community, immersed themselves in the issues and races that matter the most, and brought that information to you. Additionally, we are not broadcast journalists by training. Last night, we asked every single one of our reporters to go on camera and report in a way that they had never done before, and they performed magnificently. Three hours of coverage flew by in a flash, and they looked, sounded, and reported like the professionals they are. When you start up an organization and pick your first team members, you always hope for the best. I'm happy to report that at Link NKY, we got the best. Onward to November. Erlanger Grant aims to create new business district, reported on by Link NKY staff. The city of Erlanger is trying to bring offices to Commonwealth Avenue using a new incentive program. Commonwealth Avenue is an east-west corridor that connects Dixie Highway to Interstate 75 and Donaldson Road, which provides a direct link to the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky International Airport. The city is encouraging businesses to transform residential homes in Commonwealth Avenue into office spaces through a grant program that includes a zoning change and eliminates the residential requirement for the property. Bob McNichol, a financial advisor for the Skylight Financial Group, purchased a home on the main thoroughfare before the incentive program was launched. To fulfill the residential requirement, McNichol's son lived on the second floor of the building while the office was stationed downstairs. Under this new program, though, the residential requirement is gone. That alone, McNichol said, makes this program more attractive. Commonwealth Avenue has so much to offer a business. It is centrally located, very convenient, and I can envision it becoming the flagship street in Erlanger, a corridor lined with offices for lawyers, title companies, financial planning firms, and other professional services, he said. Businesses may request reimbursements of up to 50% of their capital improvement expenses up to $40,000 with a $20,000 maximum reimbursement associated with the conversion of a structure from residential to commercial or the construction of a new commercial building. Expenses eligible for the reimbursement include visible exterior improvements such as signs, parking lots, exterior lighting, and walkways, fixed interior improvements such as removal or replacement of walls, flooring, cabinets, bathroom, and break room fixtures are also eligible. Dan Weber's Just Saying. Always time to talk hoops in Kentucky. Reported on by Dan Weber. How much fun will it be for Northern Kentucky high school basketball fans the next year and a half with a dynamic duo like seniors-to-be Evan Ipsaro, a dynamic all-state point guard out of Covington Catholic, and Holy Cross's Jacob Meyer, the leading scorer in the state, and by one report, the nation, at 38.2 points a game last season. We are looking forward to the pair's pairing after next June in the Kentucky-Indiana All-Star Series, where never have a pair of Northern Kentucky guards had a chance to be so dominant. 
but it'll happen sooner than that, as they'll be paired up this June a couple of times when the junior all-stars from each state face the senior all-stars twice. The juniors versus seniors games are June 4th at Louisville Eastern High School and June 5th at Bedford North Lawrence in Indiana, with the boys' games at 4 each day following the girls' all-star games at 2. The senior all-stars from both states, with Mitchell Riley of Covington Catholic representing Northern Kentucky for the boys, will play June 10th at the Owensboro Sports Center and June 11th at Southport High School in Indianapolis. The Kentucky girls will feature four Northern Kentuckians, Notre Dame's Macy Feldman, Connors' Lauren Hawthorne, Ludlow's Jenna Lillard, and Newport Central Catholic's Riley Turner. Might be worth the trip for high school basketball fans around here this year to catch one of these games, with Kentucky looking like they might be more competitive than in recent years. Just saying. In a world where Division I football scholarships to Power 5 conference schools are few and far between for Northern Kentucky players, with just two this past season, Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan out of Ryle and Notre Dame tight end Michael Meyer out of Cub Calf, how about this? Turkeyfoot Middle School's 8th grader Cam Thomas, a 6-foot, 190-pound edge rusher and athlete, has received his first D1 offer from Georgia Tech in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Cam is listed as Kentucky's top middle school prospect. Yes, they do rank the grade schoolers now by some national recruiting services. Cam has worked very hard for this, and those who follow him know, heck of a job by Cam. Just saying. Good luck to the Florence Yall's strategy of winning with defense, base running, and pitching after giving up 14 and 19 runs in two of their first five games and a 1-4 start to their nine-game homestand. Hard to play that way when you're down 12 to nothing as the Yalls were the other day, and yet they actually came back with a dozen runs to tie it at 12 before losing 19-15 to to the New Jersey Jackals Tuesday. That followed a wild 14-13 loss in 10 innings Saturday to the Tri-City Valley Cats. And then, even when they get their pitching and defense going as they did with 15 strikeouts against New Jersey Wednesday, the 1-4 Yalls gave up a two-run home run in the ninth to lose 5-4, their second blown save of the season, as the Yalls continue to have trouble hosting the top teams from the Eastern Division of the Frontier League. It doesn't get any easier next week, with their longest trip of the season to Canada awaiting the Yalls. Just saying. And those are the headlines to follow them for Friday, May 20th, 2022. The Link NKY Daily Podcast and all Link NKY podcasts are available through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and LinkNKY.com. Feel free to subscribe and tell a friend. And for more on today's headlines and to see what else is happening in Northern Kentucky, please visit LinkNKY.com. Have a good weekend.